0: You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com.
1: Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture, and China, and full access to The Economist podcast plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to Economist.com and get your first month free.
0: You're listening to the We Are Libertarians Network. Learn more at WeAreLibertarians.com. Welcome to the Boss Hall of Liberty podcast. This is episode number 333 of East Central Indiana's favorite podcast. Tonight, uh, our featured guest is Mr. Clint Weaver. Clint is running for Henry County Council at large this year, but we're going to be talking to Clint about a lot of things tonight. We're going to be uh, doing a little bio about Clint, getting to know him. Um, he is new on the ballot, a first-time candidate. So we're going to talk what it's like to sign up, what it's like to run, what uh, that whole process is, and kind of what get his opinion on it. And then we also have a story where Henry County has a new protected wetland area called the Buck Creek Fin Preserve. So if you want to know what that's about, make sure you stick around until the end of the show. This show is about our lives in rural Henry County, uh, we're here to push your boundaries and make you think as individuals. Sometimes we'll provoke you. Sometimes we'll make you laugh, but hopefully you always learn something new. Zach, do you want to uh, go ahead and promote our Patreon for us? We just had a great episode, I think. Yeah, we
2: had a nice long uh, chat with the Patreon about uh, Dakota's first world problems, and then we got some insider information on the explosions a couple <laughs> weeks ago that we talked about last week because that was in our guest's neighborhood. Um. And, but they're the ones. It's nice and toasty in here, even though the weather's been great this week. It's toasty in here. It knows it's because the Patreon folks pay the bill, pay the bills. And if you donate, if you donate any amount, you get access to the Patreon feed. You get to see the show notes. Um, that have links to any of the things that we talk about. And if you donate 50 or more dollars a month, you get named, uh, you get your name dropped in the beginning of the show. And so we have Christy Avery, who's our favorite Norwex dealer, um, Jonathan Phillips, who is also running for office and is, uh, our, the favorite sales guy of, uh, the hosts here at Andy Moore, Buick GMC. And then we have Anthony Meyer, who is always creating memes and running product all over the country with his 18 wheeler. And then introducing, we have a new. That's right. New sponsor, um, who's sponsoring as a business, a sports corner who for anybody that's been uh, a Newcastle resident, that's been a business that's been around for as long as I can remember. Um, and they're under new ownership under the Reese family and they have jumped on and supported the show, uh, to sponsor us. And we're going to have them on in a couple of weeks to talk about their new adventure.
0: Yeah, we are. Uh, really appreciate them. I've, Few weeks ago, I made the joke where uh, Christy Avery, John Phillips, and Anthony Meyer, they've been in the $50 a month club for so long, I was starting to get worried about it. And now, apparently, that's all I had to say. And Sports Corner just jumped right on in there. So, <laughs> yeah, I know we, we've been talking with Blake, the owner, with one
2: of the owners of the, the, I think they waited until last week when they officially announced their ownership of the business. And so they jumped on when that became public.
0: All right, and if you want some merchandise, t-shirts, um, whatever, hoodies, uh, all those, all that fun stuff, just send us an email, or you can send a voicemail to us on the website BossHogOfLiberty.com, dot com, which is officially fixed, by the way, Zach. I don't know if you, I have not
2: tried that. it, but yes, thank you, dear leader. Yeah, we've got Chris some. Bangle for fixing the website. You had to kind of go a roundabout way to get to it. The last couple. Had we some messages.
0: There were some issues with the security settings, and so whenever you tried to go to the <laughs> website, it said that your information was under attack. We were not attacking anyone's information.
2: Well, I promise. I do love. <laughs> I do love when I get that message from a website that is obviously not doing that. Like yeah. you, I can't. I don't have one off the top of my head, besides like Bossology. But like, you'll go to a website, and you're like, "No, they're not. Like <laughs> yeah. these people are not trying to steal." I'm like, but your browser like will not let you go to this yeah. website.
0: I've I've seen that before and never knew what it was and now I know what it is. It's it's the security settings on the the host site. So that's what it is. But uh, anyway, Clint, let's get to know you a little bit about um a little bit here on the top of the show. Um, just tell us a little bit about yourself and where you grew up, the bio, that kind of thing.
1: Um, my name is Clint Weaver. Um, grew up in Hender County. Grew up in Newcastle. Um. Uh graduated Newcastle ninety nine. Um college bounced around a little bit, uh, a few different schools, finally finished up at uh Ball State. And then um oh gosh. Um worked at steel mill for a few years, right out of college. Um, Ingersoll, as most local older folks know it as. It's now currently Newcastle stainless plate. Yeah. Uh <clears throat> got laid off from there, uh, along with twenty other guys or so. Uh believe that was 09-ish, somewhere in that ballpark. Went back to school for a little while. I did heating and air for a while. Um, I was a freight conductor for Norfolk Southern uh, for a little over a year or so. So you you were an actual freight conductor? You were driving the trains? Uh, that would be the engineer. Oh. Okay. I, so I was the conductor. Um, what's, knew, the,
0: what's the conductor do?
1: So the conductor tells the engineer what to do. So, uh, you know, it's he's the one with his hands on the controls, but... Uh, they're typically the ones, if you see a train at an intersection or somebody that's flagging traffic or actually directing trains on the ground, that'd be the conductor. Um, they're the guys that are uh, hanging on the back of the train if they're making uh, backward movements or if they're in a yard uh, switching and putting different combinations of cars together to actually take to different customers. Gotcha. So, yeah, is interesting. Uh, really a pretty good job, but… Uh, Difficult lifestyle, uh, on call, twenty four seven, literally, Um, no schedule. They'd call you, and you had an hour and a half to get to work. And if you didn't go, it either count against you, or you didn't earn a paycheck. So, wow, that's crazy. Yeah, it was. It, you know, <clears throat> I was with my wife at the time. Uh, we didn't have any kids, and being laid off, I was exploring different jobs and trying to figure out where I was going to land full time. And um uh, benefits were good, and it paid well. But, um, you know, I learned pretty quick. It wasn't any way I didn't want to raise a family with that kind of lifestyle. So started looking around a little bit and uh, sat on the couch w- with the wife one evening. And she says, hey, uh, state police is hiring. Um, you interested? And <clears throat> so my bachelor's degree was criminal justice at Ball State. So I'd had some interest in law enforcement. But um <clears throat> I never really saw myself getting into law enforcement, at least right out of college. Um, I wasn't really where I wanted to be. Um, but long story short, I applied and got invited to the 67th Academy and, uh, me and 78 other guys started the Academy and gosh, that would have been 2012. And, um, so I was a trooper, uh, about three years, um, worked out of the Pendleton post, worked with a lot of great, uh, guys. Um, uh, but again, <clears throat> the shift, it was an afternoon shift where I was at and with the way the seniority worked and, um, wasn't a good fit either. I saw the, kind of the writing on the wall that, uh, that lifestyle and, um, working afternoons would also be difficult. Yeah. By that point, we, we had our first daughter, uh, Molly, and, well, only daughter, but, um, so, uh, I left that and, um, got a job with Duke Energy and, uh, now I'm, Still with them, mid lineman going on be eight years next month. So that's uh it's kinda how I landed here. Uh but lived in Newcastle all my life. Um, raising my family here. Uh got two kids, Molly's nine, <clears throat> Harvey's five, and um uh, my wife Dana. We both work here and part of the community and just uh it's our home. You can't uh, you can't escape the call out life. It sounds like
0: no, no, but now I have a choice. I have a choice. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. The, Somewhat of a choice. Uh, correct. Yeah. It's, you know, it's a lot different. I actually had a call out tonight and uh, hmm. I almost didn't take it because I thought, well, maybe I won't make the podcast if I took the call, but it uh, turned out it was something fast. So there we go.
0: Yeah. We uh, like those ones. Like yeah. I know. I, I,
1: was, I felt real bad if I'd missed it and had to cancel on you, but did your brother work for the Railroad too for a while? Cliff did, yeah. yeah. I remember him telling us how that worked. It, yeah, and it sounded
2: night, kind of like insane. It, just, they just did this. They, you just be whatever time get a call. You need to be here at this time, or L kind of thing. And it was just like any moment, any time. You don't know where you're going. It, <laughs> it was like
1: just sounded kind of crazy. And you know, and they'll tell you that in the beginning that that's kind of what to expect, okay. and that's really the worst case scenario. But after you get in there you realize like there's an app on your phone. You see the different trains that are going to get called. You kind of understand the schedule. There's a list. So I was on a, the conductor board and there might've been eight of us on the conductor board. Well, I knew that there's only going to be three trains called in the next 24 hours. Well, they got to go through that list and call the guys ahead of me. So you, you, with, you with some experience, you can plan a little bit. You can know, a little bit. It's, I mean, it's still not great. Don't get me wrong, but, uh, you did sort of get an opportunity to sort of schedule yourself a little bit and no one to expect that phone call.
0: It's pretty stressful, like that whole, the whole on-call system. I mean, I know that you do it now with uh, being a lineman and being on watch, and I've done it with um, voluntarily signing up on pager duty. And just, uh, hey, do you want to go out to eat? And you're like, it's got to stay in Newcastle. Right, you know, we gotta stay here. Yep, and have uh, everybody else is getting margaritas.
1: You right, know. right. Yeah, it's it, and that's where it's it's my wife. You know what I mean? And whenever yeah. we're on call for the, our watch week, um, you know, or even well, state police. I was on call some with them. Um, we did the meth suppression, and you know, we'd get called out. You know, ten, twelve years ago, uh, the meth labs were kind of a big deal they were oh, popping okay. up all over people would find them you know you had a lot of people in the back lot you know making it you know they are smurfing the um, ephedrine and making it but uh, so we'd get called out for that you know and they kind of expect you to be there but um, but now though it's it's totally it's it's all well, on the wife you know what I mean yeah. it's it's whenever you get that phone call or like you said it's I can't be counted on for picking the kids up I can't get them to practice you know, get them from the sitter. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's stressful, you know, but
0: yeah, but I mean, also like it's, it's also not as bad as what it can be. Like some, some days it's way worse than others, Right. but other times it's like, eh, you know, it's not that bad. And it's a pretty cool job. Like, I mean, I, I don't necessarily do your job, but in what I do, it's I'm in the moment, it's kind of like, this sucks, whatever. It's annoying. But then like you, if you take a step back, it's like, I have a pretty cool job. Like yeah. what I do is pretty freaking sweet. Yeah. You
1: know? I agree. Yeah. I mean, to me it's, it's rewarding. You know, it's, I'm, I'm kind of the hands-on kind of guy. I like to step back at the end of the day and see my work. And, um, yeah, I mean, there's a definitely a sense of satisfaction for, you know, getting the lights back on or, um, yeah. you know, it, it's, as a service everybody expects and, you know it's uh, yeah it is I mean it's, it's yeah. definitely rewarding yeah the
0: yeah, the rewarding part definitely like for me it's uh, hitting the switch and then seeing the neighborhood lights come on around me Right, like you
1: yep. know people waving I was going to say do you
2: guys actually get to do that are you usually in that, a position yeah. where like you can actually see the lights come on yeah that's me
0: yeah usually Um, uh, yeah
2: because you cut the power so he can do his job
0: sometimes, sometimes, uh, sometimes. A lot. Not, not actually necessarily Clint I'm cutting the power for the Highline crew, not usually Clint. Yeah. Or uh, Clint if, is if, if Clint's the type of lineman that, that goes up in, in gloves and sleeves and t- can hold 12,000 volts of electricity in his hand to do his work.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it, whenever we get to put the lights on, it's usually like a dozen because we're on the end of a stick. And when Dakota gets to flip the breaker, then he's energizing, you know. We mentioned
2: on the show, but the, a couple of years ago, we had the ice storm, and I really almost told Dakota to stop because he was telling us how many of these switches were going down and he's like, like yeah, yeah we're, down minute, we're down to this many. We're down to this many. He's like, and when, when we're down to this, power's out. And we're like, for how long? He's like, that's a great question. It'll be. He's, like, it'll be, he's like, it'll be, he's like, it will be a while. And we're like, this isn't good. And so he was just giving us like the hour by hour. He's like, Well, lost another one. Mm. And we're like, I was like, you know what? Yeah. I like to live my life in oblivion. Yeah, or just oblivious to what's going on around me. And Dakota's ruining it right now. Cause I'm like, I'm sitting there with my family. I need like, I don't have, a, I need to have a set for my generators for my camper to run my house. Cause I think they could honestly, uh, at least run the furnace because mm-hmm. it's gas. But I'm like, but I knew exactly how dire the situation <laughs> was. Cause I think we were down to like one. Yeah. Extra. yeah we there was like one care. extra. I was like, Oh gosh, this is not good. So yeah. So yeah. I mean, there was a power outage in Newcastle like yesterday
0: that was planned yeah. that was a planned outage, was a planned outage. Yep. that was uh, me too it was <laughs>
2: yep. shutting yep. people's power off <laughs>
0: <laughs> no i wasn't doing that part i was getting it ready for them to shut the power off awesome.
2: though <laughs> yeah so yeah and yeah. people appreciate when
1: those get turned back on hmm. yeah doing a lot of upgrades so we are yeah, yeah. there's yeah. actually
0: a lot of upgrades happening right now of which is it's just it, it, it's incredible Really, the amount of work that's happening in this area right now, in the city of Newcastle, it is m- mind-blowing it's, what's what's know, going on. Like, know. just from behind the scenes, and it's really good, and people should, like, really be happy about it. Uh, but, like, it's a very niche thing. No one's really going to know,
1: obviously. Right. And when your job is the right way, nobody knows that we did anything. Yeah. Right. You
0: know. Yeah. Their lights were on before, their lights are on now, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Yep. <laughs> But anyway, let's, let's move on from yep. the inside baseball. Uh, so we've worked together for seven years, right? Yep. Approximately. Yep. Um, consequently, I think that this podcast has been going on for its eighth year now. So, um, uh, I noticed you started getting – you talking to me about politics, mm-hmm. local politics. Right. Na- not, I don't really pay attention much to national-level stuff. But uh, we started talking about it a few years
1: ago. Mm-hmm. When did you really start getting interested in it? So, kind of a funny story, or I guess the real root of it, it came about as pretty natural, actually. Um, I was in college, probably – 2002-ish, had a summer job. I worked out at Summit Lake. I was just a groundskeeper, laborer kind of guy, and all their little trucks they had out there were little S10s with nothing but an AM radio. So they'd send us out in pairs, and we'd pick up trash or paint or, you know, whatever jobs they had for us summer guys. And so had a radio, turned it on. Listen to whatever we could. This is well before, you know, cell phones or anything like that. And, uh, might have had a flip phone, but nothing that you could stream, obviously. And, uh, so I listened to 1190 Wobo out of Fort Wayne. That was the only really strong AM signal I could get. Mm-hmm. So in the mornings, I'd listen to Dr. Laura and in the afternoon, well, Paul Harvey at noon and huh. then, um, Rush Limbaugh in the afternoon. Yeah. And my day was over at two or three. So I listened to, six or seven hours of talk radio for the most part. And I never even heard Rush Limbaugh's name prior to that. And I started listening to him. My parents weren't politically inclined one way or the other for the most part. I mean, I grew up in a very normal middle-class family and my parents voted, but it was never a really strong one way or the other. And, but listening to Rush, I'm like, wow, my gosh, this guy makes a lot of sense. I, I really, you know, <clears throat> agree with a lot of what he was saying. And it, and so it that was an early 19-year-old me realizing, wow, there's something to this. And the more I learned, the more I understood because I understand the players and starting to understand the nuances of national politics anyway. And then that in turn, you start to have a little more interest in local politics um, as far as local politics. And so that, that's kind of continued. I've never really let that go. I mean, I've always gotcha. um, probably pay more attention than I really should sometimes to some of the national stuff because it, yeah. a lot of times you feel pretty defeated because you really feel like nothing ever changes and a lot yeah. of the, you know. That's
0: why I don't uh, really pay attention anymore. Right.
1: Exactly. I mean, it's, it, and a lot of it, if you really get deep into it, it, it feels pretty heavy. You, you know, yeah. you almost carry around a load of dread. Um, but as far as local stuff, um, it just sort of snowballed into that where, you know, my mom still gets the career times And Mm -hmm. so I get her hand-me-down papers and um, start paying attention, start reading a little bit. And again, you start paying attention to who your local um, offices are and who's holding them. Um, Probably the first time that really hit me about local was uh, we were trying to buy a piece of property um, in the neighborhood we were talking about earlier. And um, we wanted to maybe build a house on it. And it had been in the family for some time, but we were looking to purchase it. And we found out that we didn't have enough road frontage for to build a home. It was a couple of acres, a few acres, plenty enough ground to do so, but there's a county code that required at least 150 foot of road frontage to have a residence. Well, this particular piece of property actually had a road, a county road that ran right into it. It was only 75 feet instead of the required 150. <laughs> so I had to go to the county. Um, Planning Commission, I believe it was, and more or less state my case that, hey, you know, this is who I am. You know, I'm standing up there in front of these people and felt pretty nervous, you know, but uh, had to plead my case as to why I thought I should get this variance to potentially build on there. And I got the outcome I was looking for. I explained to my case. I'm like, well, the only reason for that footage, which I found out, was for public safety. um, So you have access to utilities and things like that all of which was available because of the road and yeah. the way it was built there. But um, so they they passed it and we got the ordinance and then it, things changed. We ended up doing something different anyway. But um, so then I realized like, wow, these elected officials, you know, or appointed officials, I don't remember the case, could have basically just told me no. You know, this something that I'm going to potentially do and how my family is going to raise my kids here if they would have said, yeah, I don't really think that sounds like a good idea because we have this ordinance here, then all of a sudden, you know. They can say it. no and be well within their rights. And right, you do right, nothing, Absolutely. And it, it's well within. There's a reason why, and I understood that. And, you know, it just realized that the local politics do matter. And, right. you know, whenever they touch you and your families or, you know, there's restrictions or regulations that, you know, you feel personally, that's – it's us local individuals that have an opportunity to impact yeah. that. So. Yeah. And you can actually make a difference here. hmm Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. So it's, so that's where my local interest, you know, really kind of started. And that sort of, like I said, sort of snowballed into just trying to pay a little more attention. And I feel like it's just being a responsible citizen to understand what's going on. So you, uh, you told me
0: a few weeks ago, you were running for Henry County council. Yep. And, uh, this is your first time running for political office of any kind. It is. And this yep. is an at-large seat. Um, there's three seats available. They're all up for election hit this year. Um, th- what what kind of made you throw your hat in the ring? First of all, like, what was was there a deciding <laughs> factor? Was there something that happened? You said I need to run for office, or but have you been thinking about it for a
1: while? Um, honestly, no. I hadn't given it a whole lot of thought. I- it, I'd considered it or, you know, um, kind of looking at the political landscape, but I'm not really good at self-promotion. So it was hard <laughs> for me to imagine to actually run for office and think that I, you know, have a place to be. But um had a friend that approached me. It's like, hey, you know, I think there's going to be some vacant seats um, come up in the county council and I think you might be a good fit. You know, and it was something that simple, simple conversation with someone that, you know, kind of saw me in that light and said, hey, I think, you know, this is something you could be good at. And um, so I talked to the wife about it and we discussed it and said, yeah, yeah, I'll run. You know, it's it, to me, it really is a public service opportunity. Right. Um, You know, it's a way to serve the community I live in. I mean, it, it's. I enjoy that. You know, it, it, to me, it's a it's a worthwhile endeavor to serve your community. And if you're not happy with your local government one way or the other, then it's only us that can change it. You know, I, yeah. I don't particularly have any issue with any of the current council members or anything to that nature. But it is something that, you know, if there's several of us that are going to run, then I'm just as good as the next guy, I believe.
0: Yeah. Uh, whoever had that conversation with you got lucky because I've had that conversation probably a couple dozen times. and. You know.
1: Not had very many takers. <laughs> well, maybe I'm just ignorant. I don't know. You know, it's ask me in a few months. I might say, well, that listen, was, my you know. track record is very
0: bad. <laughs> yeah. If I'm rooting for you, then you should t- tell me to stop. <laughs> yep. No. Uh, well, that was his
2: job for a while. That was pointed to because, like, jobs. Yeah. He's the head yeah. of a party. His job was to recruit people to run.
0: Right. Yep. Yeah. And, you know, I I didn't do too bad recruiting people. But it was uh getting them elected I d- did terrible at. Well you know, that's the life of a third party chairman. I
1: was gonna say that he was starting from behind. You know how with. many
0: times I felt jealous of Todd Hyday over the years? <laughs> yep. Get some rack up some wins. Yep. <laughs> no, I, I agree. I mean, I think that the more the merrier, if you can the more choices that the citizenry has, the better because that means that there's a more likely chance that there's someone who you feel can accurately represent your positions and your worldview and your values. Um, If you just have a, if you have three people running for three seats, right. Then what's the point? Right. And you don't actually have a a say in the matter. Absolutely. If you've have 6 people, which we found out tonight, there's six people. Then now all of a sudden there's a competitive race people get the chance to interview the candidates they get the chance to sit down listen to shows like this and go to the chamber meetings by the way any other candidates who think we might be playing favorites absolutely not we're going to we're going to try to have every single person who's running in the May primary in here with their opponents so Clint you'll be invited again but uh, at the time Whenever we discuss and plan this episode, you were the only candidate running for Henry County Council at large that had not been on this show before because it was uh, you, Chad Malico, and Jay Davis and John Phillips. Those were the four people that I knew of that were running. Apparently, there's been two other people that have thrown their hats in the ring, and they will be invited as well. So, no favorites here. Uh, We've gotten in trouble for that previously, and it took us a
1: while to rectify it. Hey I I truly mean it. I mean more the merrier because just as you said I mean you got three open slots and you only had three that that's not a choice, you know. I mean there's not even a reason to have an election essentially. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. you know I think when you have more people running, you have an opportunity for maybe better turnout because there's just
0: hopefully more yeah.
1: information out there and um really just hopefully more people get actually involved like seriously
0: involved in doing their research and reading about it and just learning. It
2: also kind of forces the candidates to identify their positions and separate themselves a little bit better. Absolutely. And then hopefully, like maybe if it's close, you might see that this person pulled some stuff and this was their position. Maybe you understand that position that whatever they were kind of running on might be more important than you think it was to various people. So yeah, it gives you a better perspective on what people's, what people want in a candidate, the more, uh, individualized the candidates have to be because like I said, if there's a good field. Then if you have a three for three, then they're all Like, Well, I'm done. They won't do anything. Right. And then yes, yeah, cause they don't have to, but yeah, if you get some it, competitiveness,
0: you know, like when we had the sheriff's race going on, then the, the primary field was packed. Right. I don't, I don't know if you remember that primary episode, but oh, yeah. jamming the guys yeah. in around this table was a, a chore. Right. And we had people sharing microphones and John Sprouls was the only candidate that was, you know, saying anything different. Right. I mean, to to just say it bluntly, he was the only one that was going against what the other guys were saying and making his individual positions known and showing that he was different. Right. And he made it through. And then he got elected. He's now currently our sheriff. So – that's kind of the thing that has to happen whenever you've got a more crowded field whenever you are running you are running against people. Yep. You need to make it known that you are different. You're not going to sit here and just read what the Republican Party platform is and that is also your position. It's it's the job of each candidate to make it known this is who I am and this is why I'm different and this is why I think that I'm the best fit. And then it is the impetus is on the citizenry and the voters to say, "Yeah, I like that. Right. You know, I identify yeah. with that guy, right?" And make that choice. And I mean, the second worst thing that could happen is all six people just say the exact same thing. Oh, absolutely. You know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. If you're not trying to differentiate yourself, that's not adding any information to the to the equation. Right. And it know. just it, honestly, as a voter, it just makes it more difficult because then you go in there and you're like... Well, then it became strictly a yeah. name recognition. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, right. people, it's like, well, I got to pick three and I don't really know what the office does, but I will I recognize a couple names and I'll just guess on the others. And, you know, and so the more interest there is in doing, you know, shows like this and just having an opportunity to speak to people, um, that just adds value to the office, I think. Yeah, I agree. Um,
0: and so... First time running for office, you showed me, um, all the paperwork we talked about mm-hmm. it and that you had, was that kind of, was that surprising? Like, has it, the sign up process, was it more complicated than you thought? Was it less complicated? <laughs>
1: um, initially I, of course, didn't know what to expect. Um, I expected it to be somewhat complex, I guess, in some way. I mean, it's an official office that you're filing for, um, But uh, the folks in the clerk's office were fantastic. You know, I walked up there, explained, you know, the office I was one to run for, had a few questions. They were very helpful. Um, You know, said, if you have any other questions, we're always here. Here's our hours. And, you know, it was just a little reading, you know, it it really wasn't too bad. Um, You know, I think if there's any stigma that, you know, to run for office, it's not like a... You know, you have to have so many signatures on a, you know, ballot or petition to, you know, be nominated or anything like that. I mean, for a local office like this, you know, yeah. any, anybody that wants to run, they can go up there, they file a paperwork and uh, they can be on the ballot. So, yeah. yeah, they our clerk's office does a really good job of
0: trying to make things really clear. Um, I had a lot of questions whenever I was the county chairman for the Libertarian Party. It was – um. There's a lot of things that you have to file. There's financial reports. There's We uh, weren't part of the primary process, so we had the state of Indiana has the Libertarian Party do a convention process. So you meet as a party, nominations are made, and then the members of the party at the convention vote on who will be their candidates to represent them on the ballot. Really? So it's, wow. it's a primary process, but it's held privately. Right. And- so there was all the paperwork that had to go into that. And, um, our clerk's office was very knowledgeable and very helpful to me. So any person that is thinking about running for office, kicking it around, we just talked about how the more the merrier it's better. Um, you just heard heard it from Clint. It's, it's not super difficult. Um, yes, it does require time effort. And, but the, there's not much red tape keeping right. you from doing it.
1: No, it is all.
0: it is difficult to run for office. I'm not going to say it's not. I've done campaigns. It's hard work, but the red tape is is really not very minimal. It's a, there's there's very few barriers to entry to running for office. Right. You know, yeah, I agree with Which that. Which I think is a good thing, and that is exactly how we want it, and that's how we want our clerk's office to be ran. Um, I'm it's been a while since I've been in that process mm-hmm. so that's why I was asking you because yeah. I wanted to make sure it was kind of still no, the same it is yeah
1: I was pleasantly surprised I mean really it' was...
0: yeah there's yeah you were showing me some of the paperwork and there was a couple there was I think one form that threw me off mm-hmm. I was like oh this is really confusing but they have like little cheat sheets that they right. put in your manila envelope and has explained the form walks, walks you right through it. Yeah. yeah I was like, Oh, that's, that's awesome. That's yep. great. So yeah, absolutely run for office and then come on the show and explain your positions. That's, absolutely. That's what we're asking for. Yeah. All right. Anything you want to promote real quick? Um, I don't Before think so. we move on to the protected wetland, um, have you started a uh, fundraising? How can, how can people donate to your campaign? Um,
1: I do have an account at the um, uh, credit union, uh, Eastern Indiana Federal Credit Union. Um uh, account's titled uh, Citizens to Elect Clint Weaver. Uh, if anybody would like to donate, I'd gladly accept donations that can be made there. Um, yeah, hopefully we'll start uh, getting some signs and maybe some t-shirts made up and try to get my name out there a little bit. And There we go. Yeah look for an opportunity to speak to people.
0: You're going to be on this, you're going to be sitting around this table. And then the next time that you are here, Jeremiah will be sitting here and there will be three people squeezed in I'm on either say. side of us. Sounds Six good. people total. It'll be like a fit. Yeah. It'll be nuts next yep. time. Right now it's nice and quiet. It's Would easy. Yep. <laughs> but next time it'll be a lot more difficult. I promise. <laughs> um, Let's see here. I saw a story come through uh, the courier times a couple of days ago, and I thought this was pretty cool. Um, apparently there's a, a group called the red tail land conservancy project, and they are acquiring wetlands across, um, basically East central <coughs> Indiana, uh, mm-hmm. this whole little area, uh, Randolph, Henry, Delaware counties, and, um, uh, they're just acquiring wetlands and then making them uh, preservation. So they're refurbishing the land, they're rehabilitating the land, and then they are opening them up to the public and making it like a conservancy district type deal. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was really cool. There were 68 acres that were uh, purchased by this group in Northern Henry County, just North of Mount Summit Lake state park. And, They bought it, I think it was like $522,000 that they uh, purchased the land for. And it's a lot of um, forestry too. So there's a lot of upland forest through there as well as the wetland. And I'm sure that that's what kind of drove the cost, being right there next to a state park. Oh, I'm sure. It's like prime hunting ground. Yeah. so. They did a big fundraiser, and they also took out loans, and they are trying to pay off that loan as quickly as possible. Um, That group, if you're a Patreon member, then you have show notes in front of you, and you're following along. There's a clickable link to both of the stories, and it takes you right to that website. Um, But they said that in the county, there's over 200 200 acres of protected nature preserve land in Henry County. And just a couple of weeks ago, Jeremiah and I were out on uh, Westwood Lake. It was frozen over. We were walking around on it. Today, it's 61 degrees outside. Right. But anyway, uh, back then, it was prime ice fishing weather. Um, and I just really think it's great. I think that it's awesome for Henry County. Uh, we talk about Henry County, Newcastle all the time. What is there to do at work where you and I work? There are a couple of young apprentices Mm -hmm. and they were from Noblesville. Right. And it was the middle winter, last winter, I think. And one of them asked me, they were like, how old are you? And I told him, I'm 27. He's like, you're close to average. And what the hell do you do around here for fun? (laughs) I was like, uh, it's wintertime, man. There's not much to do. right?" I was like, but, The summertime, Mount Summit Lake State Park, in the city of Newcastle, there's Trojan Woods. We have Westwood Lake is right out here. This is an outdoorsman's dream place to live. Cardinal Trail. Yeah. Yeah. The Cardinal Trail. Then you have the trail um, south of the county on the old railroad tracks. Runs basically from Cambridge City to Greenfield. Yeah. And, I mean, all, all of that, it's just, it's amazing. I I love it. As a person who loves to be outdoors, you have uh, Mount State Park and Anderson is also right in our backyard, and uh, there's just you're never running out of outdoor recreation in Henry County. And we have also have the the state's largest county park, which would be uh, Memorial Park, right? Um, Memorial the Veterans Memorial Park here in Henry County, and it is county owned. There's a golf course right there. They're constantly doing stuff with it. There's beautiful trails out there. You'll just be walking along, and then all of a sudden, you're in front of a monument. Right. And it's really cool. Yeah. Um. But anyway, this group, I thought it was really neat. The Buck Creek Fin Preserve is what it's called. Hmm. I had never heard before this. I don't know if you had. Have you ever heard of a groundwater fin? I haven't. I've not heard that term.
1: No. So, I'll pull up the... Uh, surface water, like a spring. I guess that's what I'm sort of envisioning when I hear like groundwater fin. So fins
0: are peat. Here's from the Google de- definition for you. I didn't know this before today either. Fins are peat-forming wetlands that rely on groundwater input and require thousands of years to develop and cannot be easily restored once they are destroyed. So they're a hot spot for biodiversity and are home to many rare plants insects and small mammals because they're easy to burrow through. So basically it's a you've get gotten into a valley and the groundwater is closer to the surface mm-hmm. and it's kind of pushing up and creating um like a mound of
1: swampy wetland area right. and it's mm. A lot of nutrients, a lot of right. groundwater, a lot of topsoil probably in the area, and right.
0: And obviously, it's caused by when the glacier went through in the Ice Age, which totally blows my mind. Right, I think it's crazy that well, th-
2: we got this was used to be covered by the reason why we're flats because we and glacier
0: right crushed it, everything
2: it, over here.
0: Right, and it well, it's kind of crazy to me well, where we live is like right on the line of like where it was breaking, right, and that's why it's. You know, you go to Muncie, north of Muncie, and it's just totally dead flat everywhere. And then south, you get like south of Rushville, and then all of a sudden there's right oh uh, gigantic hills and crevasses everywhere. And we were just right on the line, and that's why there's the, the Blue River Valley. Right. And whenever it started melting and receding, and it just completely flooded this area because it had nowhere else to go except for south. Yep. And we were right on the edge. And... It's made the topography very interesting. Right. It's also why, interesting fact, the storms don't get crazy around here. They hit way harder north of us and south of us. That I-70 corridor, it's always been that way. It's not just because they built I-70 right there, but they. It's a. it has to do with the geographic area of storms happen to just split because they're hitting a valley. As it comes into Henry County. Weakens. And then um, as it gets to towards the east, east of Henry County, the uh, the sea level starts to rise. So it's weakening and then splitting off
1: as it hits the rise hmm. in the sea level. I've never heard that, but it kind of makes sense. I mean, you got the highest point in Indiana, you know, just out here in right. Randolph County. I mean, it's, hmm. Yeah, that, that was something my uh, – Mr. Jones, my science teacher
0: in like 7th or 8th grade. Huh. That's
2: I know I heard thinking. that, um, I mean, knock on wood for him. I don't want to jinx anybody, but like Richmond, my dad grew up there, and he was always kind of told like the chances of a tornado really ripping them through Richmond are like slim to none just because the topography of the area just makes it very inhospitable for a storm right. that could produce a tornado to like survive there. So apparently they all just live in Bondsville. That's what those storms (laughs) (laughs) go, but like, and you think our Richmond's got a a crazy river valley, like that runs right through the middle of town. That's, I mean, it makes the Blue River Valley look kind of shallow. Blue River Valley is kind of wide compared to it, but yeah, Hmm. yeah, we do that. Especially the even the snow, the snow ice lines are always like we're always just kind of in the middle. Once you'll get six inches of snow, and we'll get like a. And then Rushville would get rain. It's a weird right. thing. Yeah,
0: yeah. Also, I'd never heard of sedge meadows. Apparently, a sedge is a um like the native grass for okay. this area. So that's a big thing. If you ever if you start looking into um basically just managing the land, um, the grasslands here the roots were much deeper mm-hmm. and that created better soil drainage and all of this European grass that we use now for our lawns and stuff, right. it's the roots are very shallow and that's led to less uh, favorable conditions in the soil for insects, burrowing insects and burrowing mammals because it's creating much more densely packed soil. Compact clays. Yeah. Right. Hmm. so, Yeah, there's a big push for trying to uh, get more native grass areas. Um, That's like a lot of the "do not mow" you know signs that you see along the interstate. A lot of that's that type of stuff. Yeah, which is kind of it's pretty cool. I I, so so much of that is just it's very fascinating to me that people have even figured it out. You know, like yeah, the process of just knowing it is kind of crazy. But yeah, we have now 68 acres of that in Northern Henry County. And, uh, it does say on their website, like if you uh, click on their website, it says like a view trails and stuff. And they have a nice pamphlet that has all of the other, uh, protected wetlands and preserves that they have. And, all of them that are open to the public, it's got maps of their trails that run through there. And it looks like it's very well kept up and the Buck Creek Fen preserve, which is now um, purchased by this uh, conservancy. It is now closed to the public and it says on their website that they're going to be doing restoration work Mm -hmm. and doing a bunch of stuff to try to get it, you know, up to par Hmm. looking nice. And then, um, it doesn't say necessarily on the website, but hopefully it's going to be like there other areas and it'll be basically an extension of
1: Mount Summit Lake State Park. That'd be cool. You know, I, I hear the conservancy and, you know, preserve. I think of, you know, like no trails, you know what I mean? Like it's right. like a true preserve. But that's in I think they have a piece of property that they own. It's actually down by the water treatment plant. Oh yeah. That little piece of ground between the water treatment plant and um the next uh subdivision there, just to the west. Okay. Um, I think I know what, yeah, I know. There, what you're there's a about. sign right there, actually, that has their name on it. And it's I think it's just listed as either uh, I believe it's a preserve. <clears throat> but yeah. um anyway, I so that's if they have some that's, you know, actually open to the public, I think that's great. You know, it's obviously some of the more swampy areas that would probably be difficult to allow public access, but um but yeah. Yeah,
0: I mean, it's possible. Um, there's a picture of them. They're standing in
1: muck boots in the reserve, right? Yeah, right? you know, I mean, obviously, if they can even just have some viewing areas. I know out there in that part of uh, Summit Lake, you know, they've got the bird watching and, right, you know, gazebos and things out there.
2: Call Joey Cooper. he will find out. Joey Cooper's all about taking the picture. I know there's an area of Summit Lake that's actually the state park that's... Like more of a preserve because it's there's a county road that runs through it. Mm-hmm. And if you're on the east side of that county road, there's like no boating, and there's a lake over there. I think that's right. actually where the bald eagles live. Um, but that's an area that's like not open to the public. It's right. just like stay away from here and like go play over
0: there.
1: Yep. So yeah, the, the causeway, I think they refer to yeah. that area the real causeway or Beaver Creek, Denoys.
0: Here we go. Number 11. I'm trying to find the the one that you're talking about. That is called the Blue River Bottoms. Oh preserve.
2: Okay. Which makes sense because it's in the middle of a valley. Yep. So Yeah, it borders
0: Blue River there. Yeah. It's at it. And they're saying that that is good for bird watching.
1: Yeah. So there you go.
0: Cool. We're quietly a bird watching Mecca
2: here, I think. I think mean, Henry County. some of Lake's huge right. for bird watching. Like I said, and people we've had Joey Cooper on before who's now a township trustee around Middletown. And if you follow him on Facebook, he goes and – He's
0: got some really cool
2: pictures. Yeah, he does. He's really? he's all yeah. in on photography out around Summit Lake because he joked about – he was running against Joe Wiley. He's like, I'm really not creeping on you because Joe lives out that way. And he's like, I'm not taking pictures like your house or anything because he was <laughs> like <right laughs> about, about in his front yard. But, yeah,
0: hmm.
2: Summit Lake's wildly popular. Yeah. It's a hard part of state park to get into to camp. Uh, The campground's not real big. It never used to be like that. No. Camping just exploded. But uh, Jeremiah's real big on he thinks that Summit Lake needs another loop. It's one of the smallest state park campgrounds in the state. It's not the smallest, um, but it's only like 120 sites. You compare it to like, and some of these places are bigger, but like, a Potoka Lake's got almost 500. Right. Brown County's got hundreds. Brown County's like three. two miles
0: long. It's right. also not a very old state park. No, 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 about 85, 86. But even,
2: I'm trying, I don't know what the count is for sure. Something's going on. There's all kinds of sirens outside if you're hearing it's, that.
0: It's the same age as Jeremiah.
2: What? So, um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The Prophetstown <laughs> State Park is from like the 90s. It's like, the, I think it might be the newest. State Park, mm. like, and it's got it's got a really nice campground, but it's it, got more. I don't know
1: how many sites it's got I have to look that up, but it's got at least a couple hundred. We we've yeah. only recently been there ourselves, but it's, uh, it's be, yeah, wicked it, nice. It's I, I wish would they like, would do something like that. The campground out at Summit, like, at the, the, so the border, like very, the edges and the prairie grass. Oh my gosh, yeah. I mean, it's if
2: anybody's camping, if anybody likes camping, especially if you have an RV, it's not tent camper friendly. But Provostown State Park is as nice as any um private campground you've ever been to in terms of the sites, but they're bigger and they're awesome. They're all landscaped and edged and packed gravel. Yep. And then part of it's even full hookup. And the part that's full hookup, my understanding is that used to be a Christmas tree farm. And so there's a bunch of pine trees and stuff around there. Most <laughs> of it though is prairie. Yep. So it kind of it's the closest one to feeling a little bit like Summit Lake, a summit lake I don't really think of as a a woods. A super woodsy park because I grew up no, with same. like a, a lot of it being like that little forest, if you're familiar with Summer Lake, there's little little woods right by the beach. I remember that was like not much going on there. Right. Um Provestown has very much doesn't feel like that. It's a it's a very prairie. Yeah, um,
1: that's what it is. It's grassland. Yeah. yeah. There's
2: a whole section they have a bike trail and you can see for, you know, a mile and a half off to see the Tippecanoe River from there. So
1: yeah, nice park. I wish, and I agree, with, as far as Summit, I, I've said, I, I wish they'd add some sites. I, if you actually look it up, I think Summit Lake's about 2,600 acres. So, like by acreage, the, the lake itself is over 800 acres, but still, the, the property itself has a lot of real estate that's not been developed. And, yeah, I wish, hands down, they would add another loop. I yeah. mean, Do they have th-
0: cabins out there?
1: No, they used to yeah. have like these t- one or two, like, Rinky-dink
2: little things.
1: It uh, was like a shed, it was a ball state project. Yeah, they and then they,
2: like two years ago, two or three years ago, they disappeared. And, they, and literally, all they had to do was like probably come in with a forklift or a skid loader They it just the pick up, moving. Oh,
0: the boat rental now. Is that what those are?
1: Yep, up at the boat rental. Yep. Yeah, so it was just these Our days. new
0: state legislator is coming on next week, so maybe cool. we can talk him into lobbying for the n- newest uh, state park in to be placed. Yeah, Jeremiah would go
2: like an it. And there's a spot like, and it's, even if they, they could either add a loop to what they have now and they have a kind of a natural spot to do it. There's a nice trail. So people familiar with the park go to trail two. There's a spot over there you could do it. Or that's, wouldn't be a bad idea. It's like there's, there's like a causeway that runs right through the middle of the lake. You could throw a campground on the back side of the lake
1: pretty really yeah.
2: easily. Cause yeah. like, I know that, um, Turkey Run for instance, campground is not park adjacent or it's, it's in the park It's a different entrance. It's like a mile or two down the road to go to Turkey Run State Park Campground. And that was huge, too. Um, So, yeah, they could do something. And I think the only one I know of for sure that's smaller is Quaker Town. And that's an SRA. And it's tiny. Yeah. And it's got 100 sites, I think, or 110 or something. Yeah.
0: I like Quaker Town. Uh, That's a nice... It is tiny. Yeah.
2: You think it's not... You don't know until you, like, pay attention. But, But, like, I ran around it. Not a lot of running in there, but <laughs> but I went to the beach um, area, like ran through the parking lot, and it's like you think oh this is all big, but you don't realize that they just don't own any land very far outside of whatever you're using because mm-hmm. there was a tree stand eight feet from the beach parking lot, like that's how felt <laughs> the property yeah. line is, and then like we were just sitting there. And there's these people that are like wandering through the woods. And we're like, what are they doing? You don't do that when you're in a a park, SRA or whatever. And we looked it up. We're like, oh, no, they're on private property. But they were like 50 yards from the campground. We could see them. There's a valley behind it. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, that's it. It has a comparable size campground for being a tiny, tiny park.
0: I think that Whitewater is the only actual state park. Yeah. By Brookville. Yeah,
2: because Mount Mounds is which Mounds is confusing. Is, yeah. Right. There's Mounds State Park, Anderson, Indiana, Mounds SRA, which is which has got a huge campground. Yeah. It's probably like, I don't know, three or four hundred sites. Wow, um, that many? Oh, it's a it's a I huge it a loop. Okay. So it's got a loop. I knew it was big. It's just literally yeah. like got um it's got an A loop, which is literally not a loop, it's a run, it's a run across the ridge. And then it kind of goes downhill either way. And they have an A loop, B loops. I think they got A through F. Um, and each one of those is probably forty, forty to sixty sites, plus the ridge down the middle. And then there's a old section down the hill that's completely different. It's a half mile down the road. Hmm. It's a big because it's a big boating, You're like monster in the yeah. summer. Like we yeah. went there for Labor Day one year. Oh we just, gosh, the boats on th- Brookville and Labor Day is well, insane. Well, because we had. We normally had some standing, our standing reservation with some friends where they had, we knew some people through some people that had a big hog roast and they'll let people camp in their backyard with campers. So we did that and then that <laughs> got canceled. Like, well, we got to find somewhere <laughs> to go. And so, we found that like last minute and it was insanity because they allow more camper, they allow more vehicles because everybody has their the boats. Boat. And so first thing in the morning, there's all these people that are kind of hung over and their kids are in the back of the boat, hanging off the boat while they drag it down mm-hmm. to the water. And then they all come back at six o'clock drunk with the kids hanging off the mm-hmm. boat and they're speeding around. But it's crazy. So we don't go back to mountains. i sorry, too much whitewater. I love whitewater. Yeah. That's a hidden gem. It's not too far yeah. away from here. That's- and, Because of the glut of campsites down there, you can always get a sight of
1: whitewater. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of our regulars too. For a weekend trip, it's not too far. 40 minutes, you can be down there. Yeah. You don't have to be in a rush to get back because it's an easy drive back. And there's no like,
2: I don't know, Clint might be different than me. I hate the interstate. I hate tone on the interstate. Yep. And it's a super
1: easy drive down there. It's a good drive. One thing
0: that is funny though, is if you're used to seeing the the mounds, the uh, native Indian mounds that, uh, Mounds State Park in Anderson, mm-hmm. and then you go to Mounds SRA, kind of expecting the same thing. Right? Oh no, you know, totally. You're different. sorely disappointed. I guess there yep. isn't. There is a mound. There somewhere. is a mound. We almost missed it. The trail goes on top of the mound, and there's just trees growing on the mound. Like, and, no, then, no, like, and then there's a little sign effort. that's like that's like here's your the mound found by this doctor, and you're like, huh. oh okay, I'm, I'm standing on top of the mound. <laughs> It is and because at, you used to like at Mount State Park it's like a thing. You're staying right. off of the mounds. They are marked well, well manicured. They've got the like walk they've got the little walkway bridge that goes into the opening of the main the great mound and but you're not they don't allow anyone to just walk on. It's like a sacred place. Right. And there there's just there's That's literally scary. it's in like the woods, it's I mean, just there's one a in hill middle, in the woods, you, you know?
2: know? There's one in the middle of Newcastle, like right next to the Park, high school. Yeah. You know? Yeah. They just bent a road around it. Yep. Yeah. It's just like, okay, what's this? You look at it and you're like, oh,
0: hmm.
2: yeah. That confuses a lot of people on state camping, on camping websites. The Mounds SRA, Mounds State Park. Uh, I State Park's really hard to get into, too. It's tiny. I've only gotten in there once. Hmm. We're trying to go peaks. I,
0: I really enjoy walking through Mounds State Park. They, their trails are so – they're incredibly kept up. You can, it's you can get, it's you can get lost in them. You oh, can just yeah. go meander just, around.
2: There's kind of, it's kind of a web. Um, and then the ones down by the river
1: in Trail 5. Oh, yeah. Whatever. You want the map. You, you want yeah. the map really? at Mount State. Yeah. Park. I think park. It's like, a small park. It's only like a couple hundred acres. And-
2: yeah, but I think you could do – if you do the perimeter, which is not hard to do, and you're doing like three different trails to do it um, – you can do like, f- I think it's like five or six miles. Really?
0: I think. And, and that's the part that's confusing is that so many different trails intersect with the other ones. So if you're trying to stay on, like, I want to do a two mile loop, that's what you have to pay attention to. Right. Is like, take a wrong turn. Like, keep it, 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 it mentally, like, up here at the fork, I'm going to have to go this way. Yeah. Cause a lot of them aren't marked with like trail two is this way and trail three is this way. Right. But they're very clean and yep. kept up and they're super wide. Like, hmm. You could probably run, four yeah, really people easy could to run, run abreast. Yeah,
2: real easy to like you could run those. Yeah. Really easily. There's like, yeah. But yeah. To do it is a web though, down by the river. Yeah. It's just a a web of trails. It's really hard. And to the river straight. is
0: super cool because it's full of freshwater mussels. Hmm. So, like, the beach is just like fresh. It's not really rocks. There's just thousands upon thousands of freshwater mussel, mussel shells. Really? All, all along the shore. In with the rocks, and my my son thought that it was just the craziest thing he'd ever <laughs> seen in his life because he's only seen s- shells at the beach. Yeah. He's like, "There's shells here." Yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah, and then we got some a little bit of paved. They got paved trail to get back to the mounds, and after that, it's yeah, it is really well maintained trails. I try to go there yeah. a couple times a year just There's to a, hike.
0: A, a large population of uh the melanated squirrels, so all black squirrels. Really? Through there.
2: You usually have to go a little farther north to catch those. Right, right. Wabash State Park, you get a bunch up by Wabash, which is up by Blackford.
0: Yep. Yeah. Warsaw, that area. I think the only other place I've seen them is, Mm -hmm. uh, well, yeah, north in Michigan City, Indiana. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. But, yeah, there's a a huge population. I I say huge, but, like, there's not, like, four, you know.
2: You get around Wabash State Park's campground, and that's almost all there are. There'll be a couple. And then once in a while, you'll catch them. Somebody got a picture of one that was evidently like mom and dad were different. One was black and one was a regular, whatever, red squirrel right here. So, it was half and half split right down the middle.
0: Wow, that's really cool. Yeah. So, it's exactly. like
2: upper half was black and then it's like lower half was red brown kind of thing. So, mm. that is an interesting thing when you go up there and people are like, you pay attention, you look around, you're like, why are the squirrels a different color yeah. here?
1: Yeah.
0: yeah, it is pretty crazy. Uh, I think it's time for us to wrap up. Zach, if you mm. want to start us off with final thoughts
2: does anybody care about the super bowl Are you guys gonna watch the super
0: bowl at all this weekend i plan on going to my sister's house i'm going to the
2: in-laws and we'll probably come home i'm more excited about the commercials always am than the game halftime might be interesting but now nah, you wouldn't like it's usher and friends which right. would just be a high school for me usher which, and I, who <laughs> whoever usher invites oh, right. usher
0: and friends usher That's and friends you yeah whoever he gets i thought on you said there. friends. No. I was like, friends. Oh, that'd be, be
1: funny. Fernand. Just, yeah, <laughs> yeah, just had an entire
0: back of- <laughs> The you know, Archduke is back,
1: baby. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that sounds like something a rapper might say, actually. Yeah. Like a history. But yeah, so I'll I'll watch it for no other reason than this. Like, whatever. I haven't watched any of the lead up. I haven't cared. Maybe. I didn't watch any of the uh, Pro Bowl. I think they've ruined whatever that used to be. Mm-hmm. And then, and it feels like everything's so compressed. Indianapolis is like getting ready for- NBA All-Star weekend okay. and they just posted that they're not going to play the game game it, but they're going to do the slam dunk contest and some of the skill stuff on a fully LED court. So Real the court what? the court will become one big LED display. Wow. Oh wow. So they can it's so they're basically playing on a TV. That's crazy. So they can they can put like they even showed like they can if they wanted to do a path on the court for like a skills challenge they can just make the court show the path. Oh wow. And so that'll be really interesting to see and that'll be um yeah, Indianapolis is good at hosting that kind of stuff. So it'd be interesting to see how mm-hmm. that wo- yep. see how that works. Other than that, people enjoy the weather while it lasts. We got like two more days and then it's supposed to snow on Sunday or Monday, I think. But but it's been after January, after as awful as January was, February's been really nice to us so far. It's been yes. real good. We're like almost ten days in and it hasn't rained until we came here today. On the way when I came to the studio, it started to rain. And it was 60 today, so.
0: Yeah, it was nice. It was nice. A little windy.
2: Yeah, it's in that the Midwest, if it wasn't for the wind.
0: Yeah, I was working in our garage at work today. Had a project like inside and had the garage doors open on our shop as I was working in front of the workbench. And like we have a gravel lot that kind of butts up next to my building. And it, the wind was just swirling it right into the the building. <laughs> the building, garage base. I was mm-hmm. like, dang it, it's such a nice day. I don't want to close these.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was nice. I just definitely feel like it's a little too early. Today It was like the first day of being outside where we really kind of had the spring. Yeah. yeah like but, you know,
2: were, but we know we know better. Right, right. It's, 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 it's full spring. We're not even we're, halfway through. We're, forever, yeah.
0: Yeah, we, uh, we're yeah. We're going to have one more ice storm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You guys, <laughs> yeah,
2: for you guys' sake, let, let's hope not, but yeah, you know we're going to get at least one, if not two, it's like nasty weather, winter weather systems. Uh, yeah, through. yeah. I
1: remember there was a year in high school, junior high-ish maybe, <clears throat> there was a, we had a snow day. We had like 12 inches of snow or something ridiculous, and a lot of wind, like the third week of March. And, you know, as I don't know why, it's just always, usually, like, with me.
2: Sectionals sectionals, usually when sectionals start, it usually snows. And, yeah, so, yeah, once in a while, you really – we have to get to, like, late April, May. Yeah. And we've even had flurries in May. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, recently.
1: Yep. So, that's all I've got done. Yeah, Hello. I'll probably watch Super Bowl. You know, it's – I don't know. That's what everybody else does. Watch T-Swift.
2: Only only TV shows, (laughs) like, most of the country watches. Like, it's one Mm -hmm. of the few – uh, I'm a big Bob and Tom guy and when Bob or Tom talks about how like there's no uniformity to like there's no commonality to culture anymore because everybody's just watching we're not even watching the same things at the same time like even right. I came in I just watched Harry Potter I watched them all in a week like two weeks ago And they came out years and years ago. And it's like, so yeah, we're all, so the Super Bowl is one of the few things. I did hear one thing that was, you know, talking about first world, I'll give you another first world problem that makes yours even less first world is that they weren't sure if Taylor Swift was going to have a place to park her plane when she gets there because there are so many private jets in Vegas for the Super Bowl that by the time she got there, that there might not be anywhere for her. They might have to do like a touch and go and then go park it somewhere else.
0: Wow. it's crazy. And she's like known for that, isn't she? She's like real big on the private, private plane life.
2: Well, she's coming in from Tokyo. What? She has a concert in Japan, like on Friday. Oh, and then yeah. is on doing, and it's flying 12 hours to get there on Saturday. Hmm. So yeah, she's, she's still on tour making just insane amounts of money.
0: Wow, She's a billionaire.
2: Somebody pointed out yeah. she could buy Kanye and still have seven hundred million dollars left because Kanye's <laughs> net worth's down to like four hundred million dollars or something like that. Yeah. And she's she gives away a bunch. He might as well her. just
0: be broke, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah.
2: Like who? What are you gonna do with a couple hundred? Million? He, <laughs> lost, he lost all his money when he lost the Adidas contract, right? Yeah, that was like most of his net worth was in that contract. But
0: he yeah. also got divorced. I don't that think doesn't net
2: worth down. Well, his, his <laughs> craziness doesn't help him. But
1: yeah, I think I heard, like, with her, the, the Taylor Swift effect, as they're referring to it as, I mean, it, I forget, there was a ridiculous percentage, you know, constantly, they're trying to grow, you know, the NFL, but just with her this year, like, something like 26%. Oh, yeah. Especially, especially, like, the demographics that they're really trying wow. to target, like, you know, young women and, you know, teenage girls, All the Swifties. All the Swifties. She it's, She
2: is literally the most financially... I'll say it and, and I have no basis for this financially influential artists like in the last 18 months or something like that. They talked about her um, concert tour had a quantifiable impact on the national economy because it had a significant impact on every town that she went into. And then she also quietly threw money around kind of in the towns that she was in. She donated massive amounts of money to various charities and stuff. Like she quietly would donate to like homeless shelters or animal shelters in any town that she was in. And then these people are paying thousands and thousands of dollars of tickets and they're paying the outrageous fees on said tickets. And so, yeah. So, and to then have her roll into the NFL, which is the single biggest, like Sporting anything like entity on television
1: right now, and okay. she, yeah, she's pumping it up even more. Oh, can you imagine the executives when like, and that whenever the Chiefs like won that game against Baltimore, and they're like, oh my gosh, just counting the money. Yeah, there's, there, there's, there's, we're taking Taylor, chill. we're taking Taylor Swift to Vegas with us, yeah, right? Yeah. Wonder who she, she breaks up with him, and then she's going to be with somebody next year. She's going to write a killer album oh, on it, though. Oh, you know, oh, she's oh, going to have a killer. It'll album. be an album, and her, then, her right,
2: Adele, right. Uh, they throw albums down when relationships end. That's every
1: one of them. Yeah. What you got, Clint? Final thoughts? Final thoughts? Uh, I appreciate you having me on. It's it's been fun. Uh, enjoyed being here, and uh, looked forward to coming back and talking to everybody else about uh, running for county council. And uh, if anybody'd like to donate, I'd appreciate it. Or any other questions. I'll be around and uh, try to figure out a better way to get myself out there publicly as you know, time moves on a little bit, but um, I appreciate it. We have our first political billboard up in Henry County
0: really? for us circuit court judge circuit three. Is that right? I don't know. I'm I'm doing billboards for judges now. Yep. There's a billboard for Henry County judge whose who's billboard. I can't remember. I they did a great should, job. shouldn't have it. even brought it up because I've, I totally forgot. Well. But anyway, yeah. it's never too early.
1: No, well, again, thank you though. I appreciate it and look forward to coming back.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Thanks yeah. for coming. We I, made I, it.
1: And I was wondering how long this, you know, really to, you've done a good job hosting. I appreciate it because <laughs> I, I was really nervous about being here and, you know. We're you nice know. to people because we want them to come back. Well, right. That's good. We've done I it just, probably 300 times. Well, you guys are well world machine, that's for sure. I I just, <laughs> There's a story, I don't know, maybe I shouldn't bring it up since I don't remember all the details, but I just remember there being a story of like Alec Baldwin, like talking about like talk show hosts and things back in the day and how easy it is just to be a talk show host. And I think as the story went, he attempted it, I think on maybe NPR and they gave him an hour and he ended up calling his mom like 30 minutes in because it was a really difficult thing to, you know, fill up an it's hour or so. Time. Yeah. You know, so it's. It's fun, though.
0: It was- yeah, if you go back and look, listen to some of our first episodes, there's a lot of dead air, yeah. which is fine. Like, It's yeah. okay Like to think and collect your thoughts for a second, but it can't last for you know 15 seconds. It can't last long enough to where the people listening are going, is, what happened? is, is my phone?
1: Like, right. Do I still have audio I signal? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fix that, Zach. Yeah. Uh,
2: and if anybody's catching this and they're like, oh, I'm going to catch the podcast – um,
1: yeah, that was Jeremiah's on was the a boat. Mind.
2: Um, we, we don't, either one of us don't know how to, well, J- haven't, I don't have the ability. I've never been trained on how to get the podcast out. Dakota has been, it's been years and years and years. And so we're letting, we let Jeremiah have his vacation. We did not allow him to take his laptop. Mm-hmm. So the podcast will be going up on Monday when he returns. Sunday night or Monday. Sunday morning. night or Monday. So you'll have two episodes hitting your podcast feed next week. Next week.
0: Right. But this is available on YouTube and Facebook Yep, right now, today yep. and tomorrow and until then. So, but yeah. Um, final thoughts for me. Um, my wife and son have made a tradition since the white tail sweet shop opened up again, seasonally. They opened up, uh, they're, they shut down for the winter time because mm-hmm. they also operate the tree farm. So, christmas time gets very busy for them right and uh and then afterwards they're out just opened up in february because really? now they're down again and uh since they've opened up Audrey just decided that that's going to be their thursday night tradition mm. well i'm here they're going to go there and we went we did go last weekend and man they've got some really good stuff in there like I haven't been in there just there yet. a I haven't free shout out for them. It's really good stuff. I good. Have to try. I'm like
2: a Weenie World like fanboy. I now. am too.
0: I'm a diehard Weenie World because guy, but like come on.
2: we I've I know I said this before. We are lucky to have Weenie World because go to Indy and go pay nine dollars for a cone, right? And you're yeah. like, I could buy my whole family like twist cones at Weenie World for this, mm-hmm. and like so yeah, Weenie World's a gem. Yeah, but, but I
0: I had a a malt um at the sweet shop last weekend. And it's been a while since I've got them all, but I really love them. And, oh, it was
1: nuts. It was really good. I've heard nothing but good things. We'll have to get down there and check it out for sure.
0: All right. Well, that's the episode. Thank you guys so much for joining us. We will catch you all next week where we have State Representative Corey Criswell is coming on the show.